You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Katie. How are you? You know, it's Friday after, uh, well, it's not afternoon yet. Almost afternoon. It's afternoon for you. Yes. Um, I do have a meeting at three o'clock on site at a client downtown, but we'll leave that be for a moment. Oh, so let me hurry and welcome you to the Inclusive AF podcast. (laughs) I'm Jackie Clayton. And I'm Katie Van Horn. And we are doing this, people. Um, So... I think we're going to talk about a couple different things today, but really the, the overarching theme, if I were, Is if it I overarching dare say. overarching or underlying? Underlying. Thank you. Okay. That's better. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that correction. The underlying theme that overarches this episode. Is <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same thing. <laughs> are they the same? Um, is really about kind of the control of women's bodies, control of women's actions at work. And the the first thing that I would like to dive into, if you will indulge me, Jacqueline, absolutely, um, is I was recently on a Facebook group for, it's like a women's tech Facebook group. And the question was asked by one of the women in the group, I'm pregnant, not, I, you know, you can't tell that I'm pregnant yet, but I am pregnant. And I'm interviewing at a new organization. Should I tell them or should I not tell them that I am pregnant? What say you to this question? No, don't tell them. And the <laughs> response, I'm going to put on my pearls and my card again for a moment, okay. if you will. <laughs> and what I'm going to respond to you is us HR people know that it's illegal to discriminate against someone who is pregnant. So why would you say that, Jackie? Because it's none of your business. Listen, <laughs> there are some things. <laughs> none yet. <laughs> We're going straight into the listen comment. There are just some things that are not, because you're interviewing for a job based on the experiences. Those types of things are not a part of your requirements that need to be met for the job. If you can meet the requirements of the job, apply for the job, those kind of conversations, just as much as you wouldn't say, by the way, I'm married, I have three kids, I live in a house, I drive a Nissan Sentra. You wouldn't give them all that information because some of that information is just personal. It's just personal. So uh, there are things that are private that you don't have to share that's between you and your doctor or you and the insurance company that don't need to be communicated, I don't think. And because what happens is, then you'll see just the biases kick back that would prevent you from getting hired, even though you are eligible um, to be hired. You are, are someone who fits the description, can, can do the job. There is some assumptions. Now, as someone who has had some great, one really horrific pregnancy, I quit my job like three months in because I thought what I was going through was a permanent condition. (laughs) Like I thought morning sickness was a permanent condition. Um, There were some things that were going on that caused me to, I just quit, quit my job right away. Um, But then there are some people that I know who, you know, went to work every day, never had any problems, never have any, you know, there's a lot of unknowns that you don't Mm -hmm. even know. And that's another Mm -hmm. reason why 
um, it's important because I think pregnancy means something different for everyone. Meaning, yes, you are with child, but you don't know all of the other things that are going to go along with that. So you're making assumptions, they're making assumptions. And I think some things need to be personal between you and your doctor. I don't think my medical condition should be a part of that conversation, unless it's going to get into the way of my job, which at this point, it sounds like, doesn't seem like it would. Well, I love what you just said about the, I mean, I, all that you said, I think is spot on. I love what you just said, though, about the um, you wouldn't tell them that you are married and have three kids. And I think that's the piece that sometimes people get confused by is that they have to share that information. And I'm going to take off my pearls and my cardigan now and say, Ooh. as much as we want to live in a society that believes that everyone's going to follow the rules and everyone's going to do all the things that the company says they will, um, how many times do we see situations where people are fired from their job because of, I'm using air quotes, poor performance, which is really, you have a newborn or you are pregnant and not feeling well or whatever it might be. And so I think there's just this um, underlying fear. And I think that fear is absolutely justified because of exactly what I said, because of the bias that occurs and that we know occurs. Um, I just think it's, it. I wouldn't share, I wouldn't share and and it's kind of a, it's not like you're tricking them or it's not a business to your point. So, I mean, I, I also don't tell them that I have high blood pressure and that you shouldn't piss me off. Cause I could have a heart attack. Maybe I should, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> maybe I should tell potential employers that maybe they would treat me a little bit different through the years. Right. Um, <laughs> but well, I just I, feel like, I don't think I always, some of the things that we do is always to think like, would a man say, oh, my wife's expecting a baby. And would that affect anything? Mm -hmm. um, historically, that is part of the reason why our salaries have been imbalanced because they're like, oh, well, men have to take care of a family and women don't. Um, that was the justification of, of that. And I bet you, it wouldn't shock me if somebody said, oh, he said his wife's having a baby. So we need to give him an extra dollar an hour. Would not shock me at all. No. And we know it's happened. I mean, I, I have absolutely been in a situation where I've had a leader say, he's a family man, so we need to make sure he gets a nice raise, or we need to make sure he gets a promotion over the single woman because, you know, he's got a family to take care of. And of course, that always kind of chaps my hide because I'm that single woman. Um, but right, fully chapped, fully chapped, Hi. fully <laughs> chapped my bottom. By the way, I want to give you a quick update just because I know you're interested. Um, the quail family of seven, actually of nine with mom and dad yes. are outside right now. And the babies now have their little thing oh, that's on so the top cute. of their head. They're, they're like mini, mini babies now, or like mini me's now. And I don't know how you tell a baby quail, like what gender it is. But I am very curious because I want to know, like, when do they get away from their mama and stop following their mama around like little baby quails, like in the row? Oh, um, you just see if they have a pink bow or if they have a blue vest on. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a blue skull cap on or a That's pink right. one? <laughs> That's right. That's how you tell. That's the answer. Permanent. Yeah. Easy peasy. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> not knowing that. Um, sorry, quick. That was a quick uh, sidebar. Um, 
but no, that was one of the questions that like, I think it comes up more often than we think is just like, do you tell that? Do you tell the pr prospective employer? And I agree with you, like it shouldn't matter. And I think, you know, if you get in the door, you prove yourself and you're doing a great job and then you have to take maternity leave um, to have said baby, then, you know, it, the kind of her question, her follow-up question was, if I don't tell them and then I'm hired and then they will just fire me during the probationary period. And I'm like, absolutely. But then you have a, you know, if you can prove that you're doing a good job and all these other things, then that's a different conversation that you have with your personal attorney. Thank you. Well, if I put my pearls and my cardigan on, please, um, please. Laura Ashley, of course, <laughs> um, some of the things that you have to remember about anybody who joins any organization can at any point when you have a certain number of employees um, because of the Family Medical Leave Act, there are situations mm -hmm. that are out of your control that have nothing to do with pregnancy that could require you to take that time off as well. Um, and it can be, um, or if you have to take care of a family member, there's different things that go into play with that. Um, I just think that historically we feel guilty. There's this guilt that um, we're going in and we have situations and we can't speak to that. None of us, and, and it's not fair to ask somebody to speak to that. Um, mm -hmm. And we're trying to get further along. And uh, what is interesting is even at, at, at some point, you don't want to work for the place that wouldn't embrace and support you through that process anyway. No. Um, and which is sad that you're going through this process. The, the fact that you are afraid as you're going through the process, I, I would tap into that personally at home a little bit and see where that's leading. If I think that the organization wouldn't say, oh, come on board. And by the way, that's really awesome. Now we get to have, you know, a baby shower and we can support you. We'd love to have children here or whatever mm -hmm. um, to being like, oh, I'm terrified because they're not going to hire me. That could be a sign of something else. I would dig into that a bit and see if that also means I also shouldn't tell them anything else if I can't be my whole self. Right. 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 Yeah. Whatever your perception is, isn't going to get better with time. <laughs> right. Oh, you know? and P.S., you people can we stop saying bring your full self to work y'all don't want my full self at work i do <laughs> oh that's so nice um, no i don't want to stop saying that at all i, I want their full self i want to say their full professional selves that you're willing to share comfortably that you're comfortable sharing. of course yes but i think it's also that is more that more speaks to whether the environment is truly inclusive or not like if you're not comfortable sharing a part of yourself, that speaks to the culture. Well, I just tweet it if I'm uncomfortable. There you go. <laughs> just to make Perfect. it really. <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable at work. And here's who made me uncomfortable. <laughs> the end. XOXO, Jackie. <laughs> that I, just, out for you? <laughs> I, I think I, I find it really funny how people are like, oh my God, guess what happened at work today? And you're like, literally like this microphone this is a hot mic. This yeah. is a hot mic. We can all hear you. Yes. Um, and so I would keep that in mind that as soon as you become, when you go to an organization, people start looking you up online. So it's only a matter of time that you can hide this. Like you, you say, you saying, oh, and I mean, the universal you saying, oh, I'm not going to tell my work that I'm pregnant and that you're just one Google search away from it 
your baby shower or Mm -hmm. some reveal party and everybody finds out, right? So they already know a lot more about you than you, than you probably than think. You think they're yes. making a lot of assumptions and biases anyway, mm-hmm. um, based on your marital status, based on where you live, the car- people are going to make those things. That's why it's important to bring, especially as you're going through the interview process, um, that an organization is focusing on your, the actual skills for the job and you mm-hmm. need to stick to the actual skills for the job and then later be able to dictate where that relationship leads. But we forget that work is not a social club. This is a place right. to do a task and to get paid for the services that you are giving to the organization. Love it. So Jackie, what I also want to ask you about is why don't you just smile more? You know what? (laughs) Because I'm an angry black woman. Okay. Um. (laughs) So this is the second topic. um, The whole concept of women being told they should smile more at work or should smile more, period. Yeah. So I, and I know I've heard it happen a lot, especially because we're in the, the Zoom world where it's like oh I mean what's even worse is first they're like turn on your camera I want to see your pretty faces and you're like I didn't even floss like dude please and then it's like oh everybody let's smile I might not feel like smiling and I I only ask people to smile if I'm like hey we're taking a picture do you want your grumpy face on say cheese (laughs) turn that I don't actually ever do that either so no I don't do that either but apparently someone said and this was I I won't read all of it but it says um telling a woman to smile even if your intent is purely innocent is dictatorial and it shouldn't happen it makes women feel like we are only meant to be happy and pretty Men are socialized to believe that they have control over women's bodies. This is the result in them giving unsolicited instructions on how we should look, think, and act. And that's bothersome to me. And I feel like, um, I will tell you, my attitude about this has changed through the years. I think some of the ways that um, some families were conditioned um, were different, where that's what you need to do, or you're supposed to smile and be pretty, or some of those things, or, you know, you might say you don't have to be pretty for anyone, right? And then, because <laughs> it's not, mm-hmm. it's not anybody's business, but I will say, I've been told through the years, like, oh, you know, let me see your smile, or, or so I was told You have such recently, a pretty smile, you should use it more. Or <laughs> it was recently, they said, um, a man I had was meeting with a client said, oh my God, your smile just made my whole day when it creeped me out. Like I wanted to hang up, hang up because then it just took the whole conversation in this really weird place. Right. Right. Even me at 48 where I was, I would, yeah, I just felt like, what are you looking? Huh? You're like, no. I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't even talk anymore. I was like right. dumb struck. That's not the what we're supposed to say, but that's, I felt like. I didn't know how to respond. It was really hard to get back focused into work. Well, and I think it's also like in that regard, I feel like it's almost like it's distracting from the conversation. And it's also like, what are you like to me? It almost feels like a, what are you hiding or what are you trying to distract me from that you're doing? Are you flirting with me? Yeah. Like what are, where are you going with this? Cause, and and maybe that's super cynical. I'm sure it is super cynical, but it's, it's very interesting 
everybody okay? I'm okay. Okay. We're good. I think the next time someone says, oh, your smile's really pretty. I'm going to say, you want to go on a date? I'm just going <laughs> to, just to make it really awkward and worthy. You're like, you're pretty hot. You started it. So now I'm going to wrap it up, sir. <laughs> you single? Because I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think I've never heard a man say to another guy, you know, wow, you've got such great teeth. I do. Are those bonded? I don't. I have that whole rib accident. I see. I don't think. Okay. We don't need to talk about this on podcast, but Jackie has (laughs) weird thoughts in her head about certain things. I don't agree. Chipped a tooth. In case you didn't know. Sometimes we do disagree (laughs) on things. Yeah. Usually, usually it is body image issues, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Personality. <laughs> Oddly enough. Whether I'm worthy enough. Totally fine. Totally fine. But when it comes <laughs> to like body image and worthiness, then we fist fight. Okay. Um, it's great. It's a great friendship we have. <laughs> I think it's so, sad. That I'm glad that I have a Katie. I wish more people had a Katie, you know, where you can bounce some of these things off of mm-hmm. conversations. And I'm glad that at least um, the woman who brought this up did have the conversation and started seeing those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we, and and so in the work, especially with talent acquisition, I'm always taught we're it, within the diversity realm, we're always talking about bias. Um, and we're also talking about being triggered in different activities. And we talk about uh, personal trauma and going through all of these things that kind of factor into our personality and who we become. And I think it's interesting because the, the woman went on, went, had a lot of different things to say, and it makes you sad because you're like, something happened. It's more than just somebody didn't just say cheese at Olin Mills. And that's the only time somebody's asked you to smile, but it does make you feel inappropriate for someone to say, oh, let me see you smile. When again, we're dealing with work or a professional Mm -hmm. situation, my smile shouldn't, but then especially like in sales roles. Yeah. Or if you're in the hospitality industry, it's a requirement. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I just started thinking about it. It's a requirement that you have to smile. The caveat is when someone who isn't your boss, or maybe if you're not in those industries says you should smile when it doesn't seem to be part of the conversation. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Well, and I also, I'm glad you just said it because I think there's also this piece of, I go, of course, because my HR brain can't help itself, but I go to, like, it's not illegal. It's not harassment. It's not discrimination to say you should smile more. It's just icky and creepy. Right. More than anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, Hey, if you say something like that, it's super, um, you know, discriminatory or whatever. 
<clears throat> but it's like that compared, you know, comparatively to, again, what you would say to a, another peer who is male, it's just, it's icky. So what other body image issues do you think like come up for women more so than men? And I'm going to, I'm going to lay one out that just came up recently for me, um, for a friend of mine. Um, so I do, I, I do like coaching for like women's groups and, and go in and do talks for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And recently I did, I worked with a group and we were just talking about power and, you know, talking about the, the impact of power. And one of the exercises is that we do a, tell me about a time when you did not have power and you felt powerless. And then tell me about a time that you did have power. You felt powerful. And when you start to break down those conversations and start to hear the stories that are shared, it is, A, it's disturbing, but I mean, it, it literally is like, again, this power dynamic that we've created for women. And, and I also would say for other folks in marginalized groups, um, like, I think there just is such a breakdown between, you know, what is okay, not okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, recent stories I have heard of, you know, it's the, I was 21 and the manager would make sexual innuendos when we were traveling or when we were doing this or doing that. And of course you go, okay, well, that is harassment and you need to report that to HR, blah, 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 blah. But at 21, you're coming into a workforce and half the time it's the I didn't know any better. I thought this maybe was just how things went. I don't want to get fired. I have no job and I have no power period. And, and I think that's the setup that we have created in so many organizations. And again, I'm not talking about having male leaders who are great and do an amazing job. I'm talking about those folks that are in our environment that we know it are in our environment that we warn other females about that we, you know, stay away from as much as we possibly can, because we know they're going to say something or do something that isn't okay. And, and might be just creepy or might, you know, cross that line to harassment, et cetera. Or, you know, there could be touching, there could be any number of things where you go into more of the assault piece. And so. Well, wait, hold on. Cause go last night on verses. I don't know if everybody knows versus it's a, it's a show on Instagram or you have to have the Triller app, which is a whole, they're not a sponsor. So, you know, whatever, but on versus last night was Bobby Brown versus Keith Sweat. I know that's a whole nother, that's not even a show, but we, we can I, say, I don't even know if we can do that episode. <laughs> that's like next no, level. No, not even, but it was just so throw great. R Kelly in there too. And we'll like have but a party. Then my husband, Mr. Clayton said, Wow, Keith Sweat. That just sounds that didn't age well, did it? Because we were like, I think that's harassment. When you think about how people were, you know, how grooming or what's acceptable and how we treat women, some of that stuff creeps over where it's like you have to say. It's, you have to be able to find your voice. I practiced with my daughter and her friends. I encourage even adults need to practice saying, um, I hope that that wasn't coming from a negative place. It really made me feel uncomfortable. Like, 
or find the words that you feel comfortable with so that when it does come up that you can speak and have a voice because all too many times when it does come up you're not ready you're not expected and if you look at all of the stories with like harvey weinstein and, and me too and the me too movement it's like you weren't ready and so you it, it's a it's a benefit to learn to listen and do all these things and so so what we were laughing at there's this song where he that are that Keith Sweat has that's called I Wanna and he just is like it's literally begging a woman to be with him for like five minutes right you would never have a song we were like oh yeah that didn't age well you can't it's like no means no. That's like the shortest song of all time. It should be like a total of seven seconds. Right. <laughs> I wanna, no thanks, no. I'm good. All right, Done. end of yeah. song. <laughs> and then there was another one. It was like, oh, you might be young, but you're ready. No, song <laughs> done. Like, like a full album, 37 songs, five minutes. <laughs> like it wouldn't even, it was so inappropriate. And but again- you grew up on that. I grew up Correct. on Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown. Like, and, and it I'll was like, it oh, pool. this is catchy. And yeah, yeah I I'm, still sing it. <laughs> yes. You don't realize. But this is part of the whole thing of like, to your point, like the grooming, the what role women play and the power dynamic. Like it all comes back to that power Fully. dynamic at work, yes. in society, all of these different and places where it is, who has the power. Well, and then later, Mr. Clayton told does me that Mr. Was, Clayton know that he does not have power in the household, that you actually are the powerful one in the household. He, he found out yesterday. Okay. He was going to find out. <laughs> um, we've been married for 23 years, which I can thank for five of the happiest years of my life. A couple of other ones. Eh. Jackie. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. So <laughs> what was funny was it's the same thing, but it's different. So I had, was out of town this past weekend and I was like, what do you, what should we have for dinner? And Mr. Clayton said, well, there's chicken in the oven. And I just stopped and was like, well, what were you going to do with said chicken? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, was that a gift for me, the chicken? So that I could determine what to make with it. And he was like, and then reality hit and it was like oh no I was going to plan on doing something and I was like okay well then go do that thing mm -hmm. now Mr. Clayton works very hard and he works and you know he's a construction manager for he's outside all day rain sweat heavy whatever comes home drives two hours whatever but I sure did watch him make that chicken and it was delicious because it wasn't intention but I felt powerless like I needed to get up and make that chicken but powerful when I was like, I'm not doing it, but it was hard for me in that moment. It was like a rehearsal for me, mm -hmm. even after 23 years, I was like, oh no, you didn't just tell me, tell me there's a chicken in the refrigerator. What is this? I'm glad you clarified that it was refrigerator. Cause you said oven before. And I'm like, he oh, left sorry, no, chicken in the oven with nothing. To no, <laughs> like that's very weird, Todd. You should really not do that anymore. Make sure that's not safe. Um, <laughs> I, amen. But I also think there's this piece and I, I, I don't even remember who the heck I was talking to you about it, but it's like the whole gender dynamics in a relationship and how that works out when you have a man and woman who are married and, you know, during the courting women are, you know, making them a plate and fixing dinner and cleaning the house and doing all of these things. 
thinking, oh, I need to do this to get my man or to Correct. whatever. And then how then they get angry later on in the marriage when the man expects that they're going to continue doing those things. And, you know, 20 years later, she's pissed because he hasn't picked up his socks because he never had to. And he hasn't made dinner in 20 years and he hasn't cleaned the house. And if he does, he's like, look at how amazing I am. I loaded the dishwasher and turned it on and put soap in there. And, and like how you have to set that up while you're dating. This isn't a, Hey, we're going to do all the things while we're dating, then change him. That's not how life works. It is not. But I think that is what is, you know, where we teach people different and they accept things as different and they've changed in the way that we've have those roles different. And I, um, being mom of the year, has have always said to sweet baby TJ, I am not raising a worthless man. I am not sending another worthless man into the world. Now, did I say that to my daughter? No. And so can she cook? I don't know, but my son can and clean and do the things. And Hannah does the things, but I was always very particular about it and teaching her various things. And understanding, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you're a math major. You can figure it out. You know, but it was very important to me that you don't send this person into the world when you have these children, that's for the first person, when you have these children to try not to set up norms that you've created. Mm -hmm. Like they will help you. And I think we need to, when you start having that control over yourself and you're have those quiet moments where you get to decide um you need to make sure that you have your boundaries and because all of this is set up about your personal boundaries and at what point do you allow something to to creep in um and it's okay to not cook if you don't want to cook or it's okay to you know to have those things in mind but not to it's not okay to say well you're the man you do this, you're the woman, you do this. It, you should have conversations about that to make sure that it's it's balanced. It's never 50-50. Likewise at work, it's never gonna be, you know, you still have more power than you think. I think most employees have more power than they think they do at work. Um, but you, you have to find, and we talk about this, um, about just finding an ally, like having an ally at work, you have to find your ally so you can have conversations um, at work where you feel safe if you, for some reason you feel unsafe or just to get the lay of the land. And that's mm-hmm. what's weird is that where do these norms come from still in 2021? Is it? Yeah. Yes. Why, why is this still the case? Fix it, Katie. I'm trying. Okay. Um, and, and I think that's exactly right. It's this like whole idea that this is just the way it is. And, you know, and I, if I have one more conversation about the good old boys club, or that's just, you know, that's just Bob, that's just how he is. And I, you know, it is at this point, I have to really check myself. I actually had someone the other day say, so are you muted or, cause I was like, I have to mute myself oh right my now because I'm about to spit fire. Um, <clears throat> And I think that's a part of it too, that folks don't get is the, what impact that actually has in the workplace when you have that good old boys club and you have these norms that are just, this is just the way it is. The men manage and the women do 
they take notes and they're the admins and they're this and that and the other thing. And I know, I mean, and I'm saying this with also knowing the fact, and we all kind of know this, that, you know, your admins are usually the ones running the company for the most part, anyhow, in a lot of ways. And I don't say that lightly, like admins have so much power, but I also think there is this, it's like in tech, so many women who start out as engineers, as coders are pushed into program manager roles or project manager roles versus staying on that individual contributor. I'm going to become a principal engineer. And, and it is so interesting that that is just like, that's what's expected. So that's what happens versus let's push those boundaries a little bit. Um, anyhow, so let's shift slightly. Cause I mentioned earlier about kind of, you know, when you're in your twenties, you don't know any better when you're coming into a work job and how does that shift over the decades of your life? I will tell you, it's so funny. The twenties are so excited. I remember the first time I made 40 K and I was like, Ooh, steak and lobster. And let's go to Tiffany's. Every um, day. <laughs> right. Like, woo. Oh, wait. Bills? And they're like, or wait, okay. I stopped to pay bills. Wait, yeah. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> um, and then in my thirties, I felt more sure of myself, but I didn't feel like I, people were taking me as seriously. I realized once I hit my thirties that people hadn't been taking me, me seriously. Mm-hmm. I was in a really weird, um, hindsight, really weird position. Um, I, when I was in my twenties, I worked in it as a business analyst and I was responsible for being on the teams that implemented new software. And I, I think back now, and I know somebody hated me because I would just like bebop and be like, oh my God, guess what we're doing? We're implementing email. They'd be like, what's email? Oh yeah. We're getting rid of inner office mail. <laughs> and now you're doing it on your computer. Isn't that great? I mean, like, and they were just terrified and I was just thought it was the coolest thing. Um, later you are, you have a little bit more understanding of the responsibility of your work, how it impacts the overall business. When you're in your twenties, you're still kind of in your head where it is individual. You're thinking of your role um, and your paycheck and your money as you develop in in your career. And it's not necessarily twenties. It's as you develop in your career, you realize this is a part of a bigger picture. How do Mm -hmm. I interact with the other organization? Um, members of the organization and how do we interact as a team and then you start realizing that you have to ask ask for more things and step up and be heard whereas as you're younger you're more willing to be told um and I think you're trying to make some of those other decisions same yeah I agree I think in in just the 20s I also think to your point there's like this very myopic view of your world And then I think as you start to move into your thirties, there is this, oh, what's going on around me in the world. And I, and I know that we're in a kind of an odd time in history because people are much more focused on what's going on in the world than they ever have been before. And which is a good thing, I think, but like in your twenties, you're still in the, Hey, do I have enough money to pay for tacos (laughs) at 3am after the bar? And am I going to make rent because I went out and bought those shoes that I probably shouldn't have and don't really need? Um, You're not thinking about how is my, how am I impacting the world around me and how do I need to help? So, and I agree. I think that shifts a little bit in your thirties too. You're having a broader scope. And there's also like from a business perspective, there's also the, in the twenties, I'm making the widgets. 
That's right. And I'm excited about all the new things that I'm going to take over the world. In your 30s, it shifts a little bit to, okay, what is this in the bigger picture? Like There's how other do people I help- make widgets? Right. <laughs> and how does my work impact the bottom line? Right. And I know, and I'm going to sidebar here for a moment. I know HR always does the, well, we aren't a, we're a support function. We're not a money-making function. And that I challenge that every time I can because of all the decisions you have to make on how much money are you paying for a new hire? How much are you saving the company from lawsuits and other type of claims, et cetera, et cetera. How are you making sure that you have pay equity so people don't leave? And how are you making sure that you create an inclusive environment? So anyone says that HR is the support function, punch them in the nose. I give you full permission or the throat. I always like a good throat punching throat punch. Yeah. I do not advocate violence, but if it's necessary for the situation, I'm going to let you make your own decision as an adult. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now let's move into our forties. Do you love news about LinkedIn, indeed Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. Ooh, something happens right around 38 where the no's come out. It just turns into the year of the no. And it's when, and you know, it's the moment when you're like, someone will say, so Katie, can you stay after work to do this thing? And you're like, I'm not doing anything. No, <laughs> you're just like, no, because that's not my choice. Because you've given some of the, some of those energy and things to things that had nothing to do with your personal life. And you realize, wait, there's gotta be a balance. And I think right in your forties, you start thinking more about what work-life balance is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's for you because you're like this isn't going to last forever i need to be able to nurture me and you also realize that the people you work with are really nurturing the company um they have your best interest as long as it will ultimately benefit the organization even if they love you and they do all of the things for you um don't get it twisted it is to make sure that we can be the most productive and the happiest that we can be to continue going which we both need but it is a symbiotic relationship um Mm -hmm at best, but it's mostly one-sided because they do have the majority of the power because without that, but you, you realize that you have control of yourself. You start looking at the things you can control. Absolutely. And I would also say like forties for me was also this point where, and I'll give you an example. I was always the person in my twenties and thirties because I am single, don't have kids. I was always the person I would volunteer to work like Christmas week and all of the holidays and stuff like that, not weekends, but like holidays when we needed someone to be in the office because we were a 24 hour operation or, you know, even during holidays needed someone in the office. And, and it was because I was like, well, Hey, other folks want to be with their kids. They want to do these things. And my family, my parents, many, many, many moons ago decided that we would celebrate our holiday traditions. We celebrate Christmas. And so we would celebrate that the week before Christmas, like the weekend before because with seven kids, them getting married, them having other family obligations, once they do get married, blah, 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 blah. And so if we did it the week before, then we wouldn't have to worry about Christmas morning, getting up and rushing somewhere or Christmas Eve, having to be somewhere when you want to be with your people. And then in my forties, I was like, no, like, why do I have to be the one? 
And, and not in a like crappy way, but just in a like, no, I, I also want to like take this time off and, you know, have different celebrations with my friends or, you know, just be decorating my house or just, I don't bake. So not like my baking Christmas cookies or anything like that, but just having that time off. Um, in my forties, I was like, now nah, I'm good. You guys can, <laughs> you all handle this. You've got this. Yeah. But then I think it was also in my forties was right around when I started to go, how much longer do I want to be in this org? That's right. And, and, you know, this is, I think, you know, it's kind of the HR joke is like in your forties is when you decide, are you going to be in a CHRO or are you going to go be a consultant? Cause those are kind of your two options. Or um, are you going to stay in this role and, and just stay? And just I know stay. a lot True. of people that are mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends who were like, worked in the same role for 25 years and they weren't managers <laughs> and they've trained all of their managers, like, right. Right. I knew onboarded all of you. Right. Um, it was funny because this was right when this particular person was going to retire, um, had a meeting with their, uh, boss and wanted to confirm some things and they gave her a spreadsheet to fill out. And she was like, yeah, boo, I created this spreadsheet. Like, don't, I, I understand that. Like, I want you to do something else. And it was just funny because it had been floating around for like 10 years. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. On that bottom, you know, like that whole, like more information about the document. Yeah. I wrote this document. I was the one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you do have to make those determinations on where you want to be in your role, whether it's in any, any organization, but I think some of it you have, you do start, it's different than what people think, especially when you're working in this multicultural group because they'll be like oh well don't you want to celebrate and have this little party and you're like mm, no I'm good no right <laughs> but it is just it is interesting and I I think you know we're both in our 40s so I have no idea what 50s and 60s is going to look like other than the thing for me also from just a work perspective it also was I want to go have more adventures yes I want to travel I want to go do certain things I think you're at a point where, you know, you're kind of approaching that empty nest um, time. And it's not even like, oh, I want to go travel. It's even just like, go visit the kids at school or go do whatever. Um, And I think it's also, you know, we're in this space where we all have family members, parents, siblings, whatever. They were also starting to look around and go, okay, what do we need to prepare, you know, for longer term? And you don't um, have the right energy. You just don't no. have the energy fully. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was laughing. I have a meeting next week and the meeting is at 8 a.m. And I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> they were like, well, eight is when work starts. I was like, yeah, but I'm not camera ready and voice ready. I have to wake no. up at six right. in order to be like, if you, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I'm up and I'm at my desk at eight. I usually don't talk to people till nine at least. Right. And I usually don't like to get on camera until 10. I'm fully made up. I just can't have less control. The ca- caffeine hasn't kicked in and right. I'm not putting on my happy face like we talked about. Yeah. You're not smiling at 8 a.m.? No. As you should? Never. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm, I'm a 9 a.m. meeting start person too. And, and it's, I mean, I'm up at 6, 30, 7 o'clock, depending on what time of year it is right now. It's earlier than that because it gets lighter earlier. But yeah, I'm up. It's the, I'm fully, up I just don't, o'clock. I need a minute. I need to like work on whatever I forgot to do yesterday or need to do before starting the work day today. I need to have some of those things to happen before I can 
jump in and, and be talking to humans. I'm thanking God that I made it. <laughs> I made it. I made, thank you. Another I made it day. Another day. Well, absolutely. I guess we're doing it. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no. And I, I think, but I think that's also, we have, you know, we've kind of, and this isn't an entitlement thing. Cause I, I don't want it to come across like, oh, we've done, we've done our duty. And so now we deserve this, but there is a, like, how many hours, how much time have we put in to get the knowledge set that we have, the skill set that we have, the credibility that we have with our peers, with our, you know, other humans that we're surrounding ourselves with, that they know, oh yeah, Katie doesn't want to meet until 9 a.m. or Katie won't meet after 3 p.m. or whatever. I don't, that's not me, but whatever the thing is, but it's also the but they'll get it done. And I know they'll get it done and I know it will happen and all this good stuff. But you um, also, what's funny is that when you get into your forties, you realize finally, oh, guess what? I don't know it, everything. And some it, of it right. you're like, and I'm okay with that. Or I'm gonna, but I do know somebody else who knows something. I see a lot of that collaboration where you're okay yes. with those things, but it really did take until late thirties, early forties before I was like, like the world, and I don't mean that you don't know a lot because you can be, you know, a subject matter expert, but you just realize the world is so much bigger. And especially in the kind of work that we do, mm -hmm. fully recognize on a regular basis that there's no way to get all of it. And there's so many more voices to hear um, and new ones every day. So it's another opportunity, opportunity to do that. And we're not as quick to try to make a name you know, I think when you're younger, you're like, look at me, look at me. And then, but more sharing at this point, because you realize, yes. which is also why people push back and they're like, oh, you think you know everything. And you're like, no, I'm explaining to you that I know you don't know everything <laughs> because right. I don't know everything. I'm sharing what I know. Let's keep, right. you know. But I, 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 yes. And I also think there's this piece where I feel less competitive now than I maybe mm. did before. So it's also, and I think I, Jenna Kutcher, not to, I am going to kind of quote her or quote one of the concepts that she's talked about on her podcast, which I don't listen to anymore, but I did. Um, but she um, was talking about the fact that she was a wedding photographer and she would go and like hang out with other wedding photographers and they would learn from each other. And they had like this little group, they all got together and it was along the lines of, Hey, um, no matter what, we're all going to do this differently. So even if I share all of my secrets with you That's about right. how I do this work, you're still going to do it differently than I do. And so there's no longer this. I mean, and I, I, I do share so much more with folks. Like I was thinking about, you know, someone has been trying to get me to write a book and I'm like, sure, you bet. But then I was like, oh, well, I don't want to tell them everything. Then I'm going to go out of business. And I mean, which is the most ridiculous thing ever, of course, but I was like thinking that like, if I share all the things that I do with clients, like, is that a bad idea? And it's like, no, like, again, I'm still going to do the thing differently for each client and help them in this specific way that they need. And this is just, again, more sharing. And then also, again, bringing other voices to the table. Absolutely. And I think it's, we also find pleasure in other people's successes instead of jealousy in other people's successes. Uh huh. Um, it brings on hope for all of us. Yes. Well, and I think again, back to what we do for a living, 
there's also, I mean, I have shared this before you shared this before, like we need other voices at the table because I have my experience, you have your experience. And even when you and I just talk about certain things that are going on in the world, it's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it's really those that's, we're doing this on purpose because we want to learn about each other's experiences, about your perceptions, et cetera. And I think that's why we have all of these conversations and, and why we've selected the guests that we've selected and asked to join us. Um, it's just, it's important to hear all those voices. That's good, Katie. Thank you. So Jackie, yes. what's your one thing from this episode? Our body, our choice, our body, our choice. Our body, sorry, we're dancing. I'm now. Try to do a beatbox, but oh. then I remembered I can't. So <laughs> I just think of that it's important, like, don't overshare information that is not in alignment with the job. Just don't on any on any perspective. You're really not helping yourself out. I know lots of people that like, oh, I, I had a kind ear. And then two weeks later, they're like looking for another job. Just don't. You know, if you have, it's always great to have one ally at work or someone that you really can confide in, but you don't have to share information. Um, and that if, if you feel uncomfortable about it though, this is not just one thing, but it kind of is. But um, if you feel like you're in a situation where you're afraid of the information, really start peeling back the onion on that and seeing okay. if there's something else going on, you might need to change might need a job change. Yep. Mine is forties fabulous. And being in your forties is a great place to be. Um, and try to get there sooner. And what I mean by that is not try to get to your forties sooner, but try to get to that place where you know, you know, things and you know, you can contribute and add value and you know, you you know, the right way to do things and the ethical and, you know, all of those different things. And also like, make sure you're balancing your own needs and the needs of the organization so that you are taking care of yourself. And you can go on that world trip when you're in your forties, cause it's really amazing. And you should go all the places, all the places and experiencing it. You'll, you'll feel better. You will. All right. So if you would like to listen to our podcast, we're at inclusiveafpodcast.com. You can send us any notes, any questions to info at inclusiveafpodcast.com. And we are on pretty much every uh, podcast platform that you could ever want. And if you want to see our smiling faces, because <laughs> we're gorgeous. Because we smile constantly. Constantly. Um, We're also on YouTube. The Inclusive AF podcast is on YouTube. So if you want to watch along versus just listening, you can do that too. Um, We would love to hear a review, a thumbs up, a you're doing great, all those things. Um, We really appreciate them from all of you. And we thank you for listening. I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. And We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ciao, Bella.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.